thewellnesscouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. This is That Paleo Show with your hosts, Stephanie Wozelik, Dr. Yana James, and Dr. Brett Hill. Welcome to That Paleo Show, making the paleo lifestyle easy and accessible for everyone. I'm Stephanie Wozlick. And I'm Dr. Brett Hill. And as you can hear, sadly, our trio is one short today. Yana is unable to be with us, but I think that our guest today will have plenty to say in her place. We saw Dr. Peter Dingle speak first at the, at the first wellness summit in the Gold Coast. And let me just say, he's the kind of guy who makes a lasting impression. <laughs> he's an expert researcher specializing in health and well-being and a professional speaker. So he's full of extremely valuable and practical information and is really good at talking um, about complex topics and making them easy for everyone to understand. After 25 years of researching, including 10, 21 years of teaching, he has amassed quite a list of resources, including over 100 scientifically reviewed papers and 10 books in print to date. Some of the latest ones are The Great Cholesterol Deception and Take Control, Realize Your Potential, and A Supplement a Day Keeps the Doctor Away. But my favorite title is My Dog Eats Better Than Your Kids. <laughs> the list goes on and on, but I'll let him tell you the rest. So welcome to the show, Dr. Peter Dingle. Thank you very much. It's great to be here again. Awesome. It's good to talk to you. So you've accomplished so much so far in your career and helped so many people. Could you maybe tell us a little bit more about yourself and where all that passion comes from? Well, look, my, my passion is is basically to get out there and help people. Um, literally this year already, I've done over 100 public talks around the country, and next year we're planning to do more. And I, look, it's really driven by the fact that we've got our health system wrong. It is so, so ridiculously, absurdly wrong. After 25 years of research and hundreds of my students showing me the evidence and so on and doing our own research, you know, we, we are, to sum it up, we are overprescribed the drugs that don't work and we are undernourished and we're getting sicker and sicker. And unless we do something, it's going to get worse. And, and I literally, I've just been around the country and I see all these sick people and I say, what are these medications? It's crazy. And I see all these, all this suffering. We're spending more and more money on medication every year. And we're getting sicker and sicker. The country who spends the most on medication in the world, America, rates 48th in the world in terms of health. Something is obviously logically wrong. So I'm just trying to bring some common sense back into this debate. You know, there is, there is, there was a a hundred years ago, there were no medications and we were healthier. And, 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 and if you live to 60 or 70, you live longer anyway. So, I'm really driven by the fact that there is so much pain and suffering out there caused by a medicine system that's dominated by the pharmaceutical companies. So, Peter, where did it all start for you, mate? Like, what was your first realisation that something was wrong with our system? Well, look, it, it, it really was interesting because I started out as an academic about 30 years ago, and I was a normal, everyday academic teaching stuff that was already outdated and wrong. And, um, you know, teaching it in a boring manner until my students came up to me. And, and um, now one of the things I did say to my students was, don't believe me, confront me, show me the evidence, show me where I'm wrong, show me where you're right, da, 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 and so on. So my students literally took it literally and came back and said, Pete, hold on, 
Look, this information on nutrition, it shows that you can actually, you know, by having some blueberries, a couple of serves of berries a week, reduces your heart attack rate by uh, 32%. If you have three glasses or five glasses of green tea a day, you reduce your heart attack rate by 30 or 40%. If you have seven, you reduce it by 70%. All these figures were coming back, and then they started doing studies on medications, things like your antidepressants, but particularly cholesterol-lowering drugs called the statins. And every student that came back to me showed me time and time again that these statins don't work. They lower cholesterol, but cholesterol is the most important chemical in our body. Why do you want to play with it? And the students literally re-educated me to think differently, to open my mind and to question the paradigms that we're running our systems by. So Really, I, I, I give all credit to my students because they're also the ones who did the research. And I'm talking literally hundreds upon hundreds of students who did this research and all of them concurred. And when we had a difficult topic or a, a unique topic, we debated it in class and the students were, you know, went away and, and came back to the same conclusion. The drugs aren't working. And really, the simple solution is diet, environment, attitude and lifestyle. Small changes can make a big difference. Yeah, that's so awesome. I mean, obviously this is a paleo show, so our listeners really always have questions about cholesterol, and that's the biggest thing that comes up when we recommend eating more fat and protein from, you know, good quality sources. So maybe do you want to get into that a little bit more? Why why all the misconceptions about cholesterol? Well, let, let me tell you how all this ridiculously started. And, and we, we've actually got a 100-year celebration of, of the ridiculousness of all this. In, <laughs> in 1913, an Eastern European scientist did a study on rabbits. And if you fed them butter and animal fat and meat, the rabbits, which are obviously herbivores and don't eat meat and fat and all those stuff, they ended up developing the equivalent of a, of a um, plaque in the arteries and um, the equivalent of heart attack and stroke. And so this scientist went on and said, wow, you know, fat must be bad for you. Now, it's never been repeated in omnivores, which we are, or carnivores, such as cats and things, but it was repeated in these vegetarian uh, animals. And then in around about 1946, a guy called Ensel Keys really, really made the biggest absolute scientific blunders. And I actually don't think it was blunder. I really think it was more corruption. But he was able to convince people that fat in our diet led to an increase in heart attacks and stroke, cardiovascular disease. In fact, what was interesting, he grabbed 22 studies, 22 countries, put them together on a graph, took out 15 of them. So he left behind only seven. And he said, look at this. This is a nice straight line. If you've got high fat consumption, you've got high cholesterol. And if you've got high cholesterol, you've got a higher risk of a heart attack. And this is what the graph showed. But he, he took out 15 countries. <laughs> this is a, the worst possible. This is corruption at its absolute worst of science. And at the end of the day, this really got spread about. They had a, a big market out there because they had the, uh, the, the, the vegetable oil industry. They had the, uh, the sugar industry. They had all these food industries promoting this idea that fat was bad. Now, what's interesting is if you put a couple of those countries back in, and they did, and they put France back into that seven-country fold, and all of a sudden they found that France didn't line up, so they called it the French paradox. And they said, red wine. More bad science. Then, of course, they put Switzerland in there, and, well, that didn't line up, so they called it the Swiss paradox, and it must be the blue cheese. Then they put the Russians in there and realised that Russia didn't line up, so it must be communism. 
<laughs> I thought you were going to say vodka. You know, the, the whole stupidity of all this was that this then led on to this push into the market. And then all of a sudden they discovered um, uh, 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 basically some nutritional supplements called red rice yeast that lower cholesterol. And people have been using this for a while for various health reasons. And the, and the drug market literally then said, ah, we can patent a drug. So they got the red rice yeast. They looked at its molecule, twisted it and turned it a bit, made it into a patented drug called the statins. And these are the drugs called um, Lipitor, Crestor, Zocor. Uh, in fact, the best way to remember, if they've got an or on the end, you have to say, do they work or not? <laughs> and I think I think what you're talking about, Pete, is a real reflection on where our current state of, I guess, our scientific method is at the moment. The way we research these drugs and medications and all these sort of things, because because there isn't a compulsion there to publish. So oh. so for a lot of these things we're researching, we're doing multiple different studies, and then only a very limited few that fit the sort of scope of what we wanted to show are getting published. And and so there's a real bias there, I think, in terms of a lot of the research that's out there. Oh, look, the bias is even greater than that because at the end of the day, the money spent on research comes from the pharmaceutical industries which have a vested interest. So, hence, they, they, you know, they found these statin drugs and they figured, well, let's, let's do the research. And they've done studies on, you know, 10,000 people, you know, and, and huge numbers. And what, what people get confused about is simple statistics. Now, these drugs, literally, the best way to describe it is if, if I had a hundred people who got the drug, and a hundred people who didn't get the drug. In the hundred people who got the drug, three people died, so three percent. In the hundred people who didn't get the drug, four people died, four percent. Now, for most of us, that's three percent compared to four percent. It's one percent difference. But in medical statistics, and only in medical statistics, and maybe some government statistics occasionally, but in medical statistics, they compare three to four and say. That's a 25% increase. Yeah. So they use the wrong type of statistics and they fool the doctors and they fool the public and say, if you don't take these drugs, you'll have a reduction of 25%. No, no. In fact, the biggest studies in these and are often, you know, the real risk reduction of these drugs is 0.33%. So in other words, if 100 people take these drugs, it reduces your risk of a heart attack by 0.33%. Now, what's interesting is these studies also show that your mortality tends to increase with these drugs. So you may not have a heart attack, but you die of something else, which is scary. So you know, this, this idea of research, we narrow it down, look at heart attacks, we come up with a small, incredibly small increase, and then we sell these drugs to Australians for $6 billion a year. And, the, and believe it or not, the pharmaceutical benefits scheme pays $1 billion to pay, pay people to take these drugs that don't work. Now, following up from that, here is the, the, the best study. The, the best study that all the doctors, they're so easily fooled, I can't believe it. All these medical doctors and specialists and so on, um, they've got what they call the Jupiter study. Now, I like to call it the stupidest study, if you believe it. <laughs> now, in this stupidest study, they did around about 9,000 people in the study. So you have to understand large numbers. And they came up with a reduction of the number of heart attacks from 0.76 to 0.35. That was the number of reduction. And all the doctors are jumping up and down saying, wow, wow, you know, I can get this reduction by giving people a cup of green tea a day. 
And green tea only has positive side effects. It reduces risk of cancer, Alzheimer's, Parkinson's, and so on. And these doctors are believing the medical statistics from the drug companies. Now, that's the greatest corruption. By the way, I should also note here that all of these drug companies have been sued billions of dollars for corrupting data, for misleading information, and even putting drugs out on the market that they knew would kill people before they were withdrawn. So... I don't even trust the drug companies, but when you look at the maths and the statistics behind it, they, they, they just don't stand up. And so these doctors are, are, are thinking, well, it's going to reduce your heart attack by 33%. No, 0.33. Now, what's really interesting is doing these talks over around the country for the last six months, and we did something like 55 talks from Melbourne uh, across to Cairns, Broome, and then back to Perth, and I had dozens of people dozens tell me the same same story they lowered their cholesterol from seven to two and then they have a heart attack yeah it's not cholesterol 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 is the most important biochemical in the body in fact one 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 of the best cases was this lady she was 82 and a cholesterol level of 13 and the doctors were consistently for the last 40 50 years telling her that she had high cholesterol, and she was a walking time bomb. She outlived all her doctors. Yeah. Well, Peter, that's definitely what I was just going to ask you next, because I think a lot of our listeners are already on the same page as you. They don't want to be taking drugs. They want to avoid all of this as much as possible. But maybe let's go back to the science of it. And and you've said a couple times now how important cholesterol is. Can you tell us maybe the actual role of cholesterol in the body and why it's so important? Okay. It's really easy. Everything. It's summed up everything. It's, it's used in so many functions, but your, the cell membranes, so the, each of every single one of your cells is made up of cholesterol, okay? So it needs that cholesterol there for structural functioning and communication. So without it, your, your literally cells can't work fun- and function properly. But at the, at the simplest level, cholesterol goes to form all of your steroid hormones. Ladies, that's estrogen and progesterone. Gentlemen, that's testosterone. <laughs> you need, you need cholesterol to actually create these steroid hormones. Huh. But don't worry, because when you lower cholesterol and you lower your, your testosterone level, guys, the drug company has another drug called Viagra. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so even if it does lower things in the morning, you've got a drug in the evening called Viagra. And this is the stupid thing. We get into this drug regime and think drug. No, there is not a single person in the country, in the world, deficient of drugs. They are deficient of nutrients, nutritional lifestyles, nutritions around, around them. So going back, your steroid hormones, another steroid hormone, or also called a vitamin, is vitamin D. Under the skin, you've got a chemical called 7-dihydrocholesterol. When UVB rays hit it, the sun's rays hit it, it becomes vitamin D. So get how important it is. Then in 1992, the Nobel Prize for biochemistry was won by a guy who actually discovered a chemical in the brain that helps form the connections, the synapse connections, so we can think and our brain works and our mind functions and so on. And guess what that chemical was, guys? Have a guess. Cholesterol? Cholesterol, yay. Nobel Prize won for it, okay? Now, any wonder... Any wonder one of the one of the major side effects of cholesterol lowering drugs is memory, is memory loss and amnesia. Okay. Now another another important part of the uh, the whole cholesterol 
um, is that, uh, you know, it literally goes to form all of the protective areas of your body. It's a part of your immune system. Um, in fact, cholesterol is antiviral and antibacterial and it's anti-cancer. So hence, studies that are coming through are showing that if you lower cholesterol or the people with the lowest cholesterol have the higher risk of cancer. So at the end of the day, it's an incredibly important chemical. It goes to form part of that sheath around your nerves, that what's called the myelin sheath, so your nerves can actually transmit messages down there. And, and one of the thoughts is this increase in MS may be related to some of these um, cholesterol-lowering drugs. So uh, look, there's a whole raft of, of, of reasons why we need to look after cholesterol, and there's a whole raft of side effects. Literally, in one study... More than 60% of people dropped out because of the side effects. And, and in fact, um, uh, being, being a, a chiropractor or all my physio and, and osteopath and massage friends tell us, tell me repeatedly that the people on these drugs have serious aches and pains. Now, one of the, one of the side effects of these drugs is to block the production of a chemical called coenzyme Q10. Now, coenzyme Q10, also known as ubiquinone, is literally the ignition for your furnace in your cells. All your energy requires it. Your cells need it. Your mitochondria need coenzyme Q10. And when you use these statin drugs, they lower the production of it. So all of a sudden, you're feeling more tired, more lethargic. Um, you increase your risk of diabetes by about 5% simply by going on these drugs. Now, remember, it lowers your risk of a heart attack by 0.33%, and it increases your risk of diabetes by 5%. So something is wrong with all this. So with that in mind, the question is, is cholesterol the problem? No, it's not. Cholesterol is just an indicator. It's telling you that something is wrong. Now, some people, we, we have a huge amount of variation, so anywhere between 8 and 3 is normal. Get below 3, I'd be worried. Okay, I'd really try and keep it above three. Uh, get above eight, it's probably saying that your liver is under stress. Now, it's a warning system. It's like the alarm in your house. If there's a fire, you don't get rid of the alarm, you put the fire out. So cholesterol literally is saying there's a bit of stress in the liver. Maybe it's not enough water. Maybe it's uh, um, something wrong with your communication system. Maybe it's uh, too much sugar. In fact, the single biggest cause of elevated cholesterol is the high GI diet a high sugar content, the processed grains that I have no doubt you guys talk about frequently. Yeah, and that's why we wanted to jump in there, Peter, because a lot of people I know are confused between the amount of cholesterol they're actually eating in their diet versus the amount of cholesterol that's being made within their body. And they think that it's just the dietary cholesterol they're eating that's elevating their cholesterol, but often that's not the case, is it? No, no, that's only the case if you're a rabbit. <laughs> so back right to the beginning of the story, only if rabbits are fed high meat, high fat diets does their, does their cholesterol go up. 80% plus of the cholesterol is produced in your liver, and it's produced into your li by your liver in accordance to what your body needs. Now, that takes me on to another topic, you know, um, and, and literally this is in, the, in my next book. My, I, I've just finished a book. It's at the editor's now called uh, Medical Myths and Health Lies That Are Killing Us. Um, and, and literally, it's, you know, the, the, the research I've done on saturated fats, saturated fats are not the problem. Yeah, You know, we, we are designed, and that doesn't mean you go out and eat butter and meat for every single meal, but really what it's saying, it does not elevate the cholesterol level. Yes, it has a few problems if you're consuming huge amounts of it, like we do on the Australian diet too frequently at the barbecues and so on. But 
it really is a matter of the the biggest problem we have is the the high GI, high amounts of sugar we consume, the highly processed grains we consume, the overcooked foods, and of course throw into the equation if you want the second link in the heart attack, it's the vegetable oils. Yeah. You know, it's those omega six oils and the and look there is so much research in the last twenty years showing that it's the the oxidation literally caused by the, 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 the sugar and the chemicals and the stress in our life, acting on the uh, omega-6s and so on, leading to the build-up of plaque and cardiovascular disease. Get rid of those vegetable oils, uh, get rid of the margarine, get rid of the advice from the Heart Foundation, and we'd be a hell of a lot better off. Yeah, for sure. Now, Peter, when we saw you on the Gold Coast, you used an awesome analogy about how cholesterol is kind of like a Band-Aid in the body. Yep, absolutely. Would you mind sharing that again? I think we might have explained it on the show, but it'd be good to hear it from you. Okay, look, what what happens is there's um there there are lots of different forms of cholesterol in in the body according to you know whatever your body's doing and 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 the worst one that forms the 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 real problem area is is basically generated because of the sugar and the omega six fats the the margarines and things in our diet. But what happens is once you've got a little bit of damage in your arteries, your cholesterol actually is a nice soft spongy band aid. It goes to your arteries where the arteries have been damaged. Now you've got to imagine a garden hose here, a garden hose left out in the sun dries and starts to crack. Now your arteries do the same, except your arteries usually are much more flexible. So they build that to put to protect them when they when they do start to crack and they do start to get oxidized, then the body sends cholesterol. And cholesterol literally becomes a band-aid plaque on top of the arteries. Now if the arteries aren't fixed, if they aren't repaired through good nutrition and lifestyle, and that's how you repair them, then you form more and more of this plaque. But the plaque literally becomes a problem only when it becomes hard and rigid and dry. Well, maybe not dried out, but hard and rigid, um, uh, like if you've got in a fish tank. And the reason we have it occurring in the fish tank is the same. We've got too much calcium and we've got an acid-style diet. So the calcium drops out and forms this crusty plaque on top of the cholesterol, and that's when it becomes a problem. When little parts of this crusty cholesterol plaque that's, that really is calcium breaks off and, and, and goes to form some blockage before it gets to the heart or gets to the brain to cause a stroke or something like that. So the real problem isn't cholesterol. It's a nice spongy band-aid. It's our acid-related diet. It's our high levels of sugar and high levels of omega-6, and they play the part in causing the damage. So it's so, so simple. And one of the things that inspired me about this tour is I found so many people who have been able to reverse the plaque in the arteries, and all they did was change their lifestyle, change their nutritional regime, and took supplementation. And within a period of six months, we went from people, including my own publisher, a guy called Derek Barker, went from having blocked arteries to having completely cleaned arteries. And the doctors the doctors are saying, wow, how did you do this? The science has been around for 15 years now. We can unblock our arteries. It's not cholesterol. It's just nutrition, diet, and lifestyle. Yeah, my mom did the same thing, Peter. Yeah, she's, she's not on her, her medication anymore because of it too. Oh, look, I'm, I'm so, I'm blessed to hear those stories. And I, look, I get stories every week from people saying, thank you. I came off my cholesterol lowering drugs. I know they don't work. Um, uh, now, by the way, I don't tell anyone to go off them. I'm not allowed to. I just say the show people the science that 
shows they don't work. They don't work. They lower cholesterol, but they don't save a single life. Now, with that in mind, I've met all these people around who contact me constantly saying, I've got more energy, I've got more life. In addition, they've reduced their uh, risk of diabetes, cancers, Alzheimer's, Parkinson's, just by changing their diet and lifestyle and the environment around them, rather than taking a drug that really, really doesn't work. So, Peter, you've touched a little bit there on the different types of cholesterol, and I think that's a really important thing to touch on in a bit more detail as well, because a lot of people are sort of just looking at their total cholesterol numbers, and we now know that, that you know, that's not the be-all and end-all, that you really need to look at the specific different types of cholesterol you've got. Do you want to go into that a little bit for us? Well, I'll, I'll be honest, I actually don't even think it's the type of cholesterol anymore. I really don't. But you've got to understand that in the beginning, the cholesterol myth was created by um, these these uh, 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 drug companies. And it was basically originally, if you've got high cholesterol, well, you're at risk of a heart attack. No. And that's the studies with those graphs and those countries I mentioned earlier. No, that's not the case. So then they looked at the ratio between what's called the HDL, the high-density lipoprotein, and the LDL, which are the, the, the messengers that carry, the, they're, they're really not cholesterol, they're the, the, the little carriers of cholesterol. But, and they looked at the ratio between the HDL and the LDL, and they said, well, that's it. Now, now they know that that's not case. So they changed the theory again, and then they found the very low-density lipoprotein. And then they said, well, hold on, that's it. And no, we now know that's not it. And this theory keeps changing. What we do know now is that the cholesterol that becomes the problem is the oxidized cholesterol. But it should also be highlighted that anything oxidized in the blood becomes a problem. You get the oxidized um, proteins called glycated proteins and so on um, as a result of the high levels of sugar in the blood. So it's really oxidized cholesterol is a problem, but that's caused by our poor diet, our poor lifestyle. It's not the cholesterol, it's the fact that it is oxidized. And the simplest way to stop oxidation is having lots and lots of fruit, nuts, veggies, you know, your beans, your, 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 your greens, your berries, berries. I've just been reading articles on how good berries are, you know, even reversing the plaque in the arteries. And yet this doesn't get out there. So my, my point is don't even focus on the cholesterol. Focus on the nutrition in the diet. More and more nutrition. And I, I firmly believe that we need to supplement to get build up that nutrition to reverse the plaque and reverse the damage that's been done from 30, 40 years of, of bad medicine. Yeah, and, and that very much matches in with, I know, what Lauren Cordain said in his more recent book where, you know, he was talking about how in his first book, I know he talked about sort of minimising minimizing the saturated fats and, um, you know, in his more recent book, he's now talking about, well, actually, saturated fats don't seem to be the problem so long as they're not coupled with the high processed carbohydrate, high sugar diets and that, that if, you, if you do, you know, get away from those sugars and processed carbs, then the actual saturated fats and the cholesterol just aren't a problem. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. It is, the, the answer is so, so simple. It is really simple, Brett, that I, I just can't believe that, you know, we're, we've got these organizations out there saying saturated fat's bad, salt's bad, cholesterol's bad, everything becomes bad, you know. We pick on one thing rather than what is bad, and that's the processed 21st century diet. And I've seen, look, I've seen miracle recoveries from people, including people who had MS, who were in wheelchairs, right through the people who were told to go away and die. Um, And they've just changed, in those cases, they've changed their diet and lifestyle and nutrition dramatically. But it is so, so simple. And we just have to get the medical profession on board. We have to show that they've been lied to by the various foundations around the world. You know, you know, these foundations are set up by drug money. 
That's what scares me. You know, the Heart Foundation receives something like um, a quarter of a million dollars a year from from literally drug companies. It scares me when when I see that and people don't know the truth out there. Whereas you guys, me, all these other thousands of us around the country are doing this independently, try, just trying to educate people about the real facts and figures on health. It's simple, and we just need to go back to our simple strategies of, of eating. Yeah, and I love talking about what we can add in as well. I love that you mentioned it, just adding in way more fresh fruits and vegetables and that type of thing because um, often people aren't necessarily ready to get rid of all sorts of other stuff, but if we can crowd it out with lots and lots and lots of fruits and vegetables and maybe even, like you said, some supplements, that it's always a step in the right direction. Oh, look, absolutely. Again, you know, I'm reading, I'm reading a lot. My, my next, next book is really about how to reverse heart attacks and stroke, heart disease. And, and the, the, the information on it, as I said in the beginning, just drinking a couple of cups of green tea. But the more you drink, the better. In fact, I think they got up to something like 10 cups of green tea a day, which is what, about what I consume a day. And it reduces your risk of a heart attack by a whooping, get this, 75%. So just add in. Add in. Now, by the way, that probably comes from the exercise having to go to the toilet all day. Yeah. At the end of it, add a couple of cups of green tea. Add, you know, a handful of nuts. And add a, a handful of berries in there every day or every second day. And that's the type of stuff that you slowly, slowly, one step at a time, change your diet and get rid of the, you know, the... The, the, the processed grains and, and the, and the um, deep-fried foods, it's simple. Just one step at a time, add it each day, every second day, and people will find that their health turns around, absolutely turns around, and the doctors will say, what are you doing? And you're saying, oh, well, I'm not taking these drugs anymore anyway. Good. Yeah, Peter, it's our hope that we can, we, we do this podcast to make these topics really easy for everyone and that it's a half-hour you know, format that people can share with their friends and families, you know, maybe, maybe someone knows someone who's on a, a statin drug or has some of these problems. So our hope is that they'll share this episode with them and, um, just keep spreading the word. Like you said, it's just the independent, independent people trying to make of the world a better place. Yeah, absolutely. And that's our role in life, you know, and just despite the fact that we all come under a lot of pressure, um, from, you know, to conform to these, uh, drug regimes and so on. It's, it's about getting it out. Now, there's a lot of really good free information on my website, um, which is just www.drdingle.drdingle.com. Uh, and of course, I've got a great book called The Great Cholesterol Deception that explains this, uh, in a lot more depth if people want it. But as I said, there's a lot of free information, um, on my, on my website. So go get it, download it and take it to your GP. Yeah, and you've got so many books, and also you've got a list there of all your upcoming events, so people can actually come see you in person, which is really a fantastic experience as well. So thank you, Peter, for being on the show today. It was an awesome interview. I, I've heard you speak a couple times, but, you know, you always learn something new, so thank you so much. That's an absolute pleasure, guys. Thank you very much, and uh, let's go out there, change the world one one podcast at a time. Awesome. And just a reminder to everyone else, if you want to know some more information about cholesterol, we're going to be doing our own um, talk here in Adelaide on October 19th called How to Eat, Think, and Move Like a Caveman. Um, Dr. Yana will be doing an awesome section there on paleo nutrition. So get along to that. You can find information about that on www.thatpaleoshow.com. So until next week, check us out on Facebook, share your story, and help to grow the paleo tribe worldwide. 
Hi, Brett Hill from That Paleo Show and The World of Skies here. Well, the Facebook buzz after The World of Summit has just been unbelievable. Deborah said the summit was inspiring and empowering. Jen Fellows said she learnt so much amazing information that she thought her brain was going to explode. Well, hold on to your hat, because if you miss the summit, guess what? We recorded the entire lot so that you can have the summit in your living room forever. So to order the Wellness Summit 10 DVD home study program for just 197 bucks, simply go to www.thewellnesscouch.com and click on shop. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter, The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst The Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of The Wellness Couch podcasts.